Alright guys, I just want to uh, kind of say a couple things before we get started. Uh, first of all, it's been awesome um, to teach this class. I'm really thankful that you guys came out and um, it's been amazing. It's been a blessing to me. Um, uh, I've enjoyed being a part of this body for the past year. Um, it's been really fun, really interesting, and uh, but mostly fun. And uh, getting to know some of you guys and Hopefully the rest of you will give me a chance. Um, let's see, this class has been an interesting and awesome test for me as well. What I was hoping, and I hopefully it stretched you a little bit. Um, but I just wanted to say that I really, I really hope that you've taken something from this. I really hope that somehow uh, I've led you to closer to the Lord uh, with either revelation or impartation or, or just ministry time. Something. Hopefully you've been getting something out of this. And uh, we've got one more today. And just so you know, anything that's anything that's like set up, uh, set up here, you're more than welcome to come and ask me about it. Uh, what did I mean? What did that mean? Where did you get that? What was that scripture? What was that book? Whatever. I'll talk about it because this is actually not my best ministry. Uh, I do a lot better just talking to you because you can personalize it, you know, and, and cater it. So please do that and feel free. Um, if you like Paula, you can have me come to your house and eat your food. I'll do it. I will. And um, so, all right. We're going to get started. Uh, first week, just quick recap. First week was uh, misconception of prophetic ministry, how to see. We kind of went through some definitions of prophetic stuff, prophecy, what it means to be a prophet, what it means to have the gift of prophecy. We learned how everybody can have the gift, only uh, certain people have the, the office of a prophet. And then we talked about grace and how um, that's how we need to see the world in the New Testament because of Jesus' blood, which now we now show grace. We do not show judgment in our prophecies. Um, it's, it's, it's for grace. And um, that's just comparing it to kind of the stance we take. Not necessarily that the Old Testament is nothing but judgment. It's just that it was because of the unrighteousness, prophets judge the land. And in the New Testament, prophets, they don't judge. We don't, we're not the judge anymore. We can't judge people now. Okay, so that's kind of how that looks, how that works out. And then second week we talked about um, I forget the name is releasing of the prophetic or something like that, but it was how to release. And we talked about um, basically it's got to be rooted in love. We don't want to, you know, it's and we'll get into that in a little more in a little bit. Um, rooted in love, not weird, um, simple. These are things we kind of talked about, and we kind of talked about how we release as we go into the world, into our influence places, and then we, we display the kingdom of God there. Um, and then today is called Creating a Prophetic Community, and uh, the subtitle is How to Live. So, how to see, how to release, and how to live with the three classes of creating a prophetic community. Alright. Still a couple people coming in. Okay. We're going to be reading out of Ephesians 2 and through 4 and then also out of a little bit out of Col 
Colossians 1. So, um, this today's going to be a lot less crazy. Uh, I feel like, just so you know, you know, these weeks have been, like I said, have been interesting. I feel like at some points I was handing you like a little, nice little little wrapped package, and then sometimes I was just like bashing a pinata, and I was going everywhere, and then for the next couple days you can just kind of pick up what you want, you know. That's kind of how it felt sometimes, but that's okay, because uh, I was very deliberate um, about what we shared with the Holy Spirit consoling me. Alright, so today is going to be a little less frantic, like I said. And we're going to kind of go through these passages. And this is actually something that's very important to me. And um, very, very, very real to me. And so uh, I hope you enjoy it. Alright, so how do Ephesians, starting in Ephesians chapter 2 is where we're going to start. So 1, chapter 1 through 2.18, which is going to be a summary. Paul pretty much, he tells us about this mystery of the gospel and how God works through Christ to overcome sin and bring us close. All right, so the Gentiles were separated from God. It was only to the Jews until Jesus died. Okay, Jewish people were God's people and that was it. And that's why Romans says to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles. Alright, so Gentiles were separate, but Jesus removed the divider, and now we can all come to him. Okay, so that's us, and this year Jewish, that's you. You are Gentile. Alright, so that's Ephesians 1 through 2.18. Now we're going to start in verse 19. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. Are we ready? Okay. Not really? Kind of? We're ready. Okay. So then, so basically he said, everybody can come to Jesus. And then he said, so then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are God's household, and are of God's household. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, with the saints, and are of God's household. All right, so Paul basically just tells you right there, you are no longer an alien or a stranger, okay, you're not separated from God anymore, now you're part of the saints, okay, that means there's multiple people, right, you're not on your own, and you're part of God's household, alright, it's a good thing, right, good, that's a good thing, you're a part of God's household, he is our daddy. Alright, verse number 20. Having been built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Alright, so you're part of this household. You're no longer alone. You're not a solo mission. You're part of the saints. You're part of God's house. And it's built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets. And Christ is the cornerstone. Alright, we're going to do this very systematically today. Literally going through these, okay? So, Christ is the cornerstone foundation is laid and you're part of the house. Alright? Everybody see that? Okay? Christ is the cornerstone. Most important part. Christ is the cornerstone. Alright? If you're not connected to the cornerstone, you're not part of the house. Alright? So, okay? He was the first stone. So the cornerstone is the first stone that they, they put down to make this foundation. They build on you know, rocks and, and back in those days. And so the foundation was just kind of like rocks. 
And so the cornerstone was Christ. He was the first stone. All right, so Colossians 1. We're going to go check this out. Colossians Colossians 1. Alright, Paul, the Apostle of Christ, by the will of God. Let me show you what's going on all these. Note 13. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. That's good news. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. He is the first. He is the first. And in all things, and in him all things are held together. Are you with me? He is also the head of the body. Alright? So he's the cornerstone. We're talking about Christ being the cornerstone. He's the head of the body. And then the next two words, the church. Alright? You with me? This is making sense. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. And through him to reconcile, reconcile, that's one, all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him. I say whether things on earth or things in heaven. Alright, so we kind of get the picture. He's the firstborn of all creation. He's the head of the church. He is the cornerstone. Alright? And then it says, um, so what, what, what I'm getting at is he is, the, he is a stone and he is a head. How weird would it be if a head just walked in this room, right? Wouldn't it be normal, would it? Okay, because, well, first of all, heads can't walk, so they have no legs. But a head floated in here, it'd be weird, right? A head needs a body. See what I'm saying? And then if, if you have one cornerstone, you're not going to build a house on just a cornerstone. So what is God implying? God is implying that he is the first stone. He is the first of, of born of the dead, okay? When you were baptized in Christ, your old man passed away, right? He is dead, and now you're alive in Christ, okay? So he was the first stone. You are stones as well, all right? So it says that through him he reconciles. In, in, in that passage we read, it says through him he reconciles and he reconciles whoever is attached to the cornerstone. So through that, he, he reconciles the other stones. And then we kind of join in and build the body to the head. Everybody good? No. Everybody good? Okay. 21. First, okay, we're going to go back to Ephesians. So just wanted to go over there and talk about that for just a second. Ephesians 2, verse 21. In whom you, all right, so we learned about the, the fact that we're in God's family in his house, built on the cornerstone of Christ, and now we're saying, in whom the whole building being fit together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. All right, so the whole building is being fit together. Those stones, you, are being fit together as the body of Christ, and you're growing into a holy temple in the Lord. 
Alright, so when we're attached to the cornerstone, we're a part of the building. Alright. Alright, we're doing good then. Verse 22, in whom you are also being built together into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So now it's singular. So now he's saying, first he's saying, everybody kind of comes together on this cornerstone and makes the temple of the Lord. But you are being built up. You are being built up as a dwelling place of the Spirit, right? Because we know in, uh, let's see, what's the scripture reference? We know in... Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16 it says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 6.19 it says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Peter 2.5 says that you are a living stone. Alright? And so now we see that that uh, so you're being built together but at the same time you're being put together as this house for the Lord. Right? So you're a living stone that houses the Holy Spirit that comes to be a part of a corporate temple of God, the body of Christ or the church. And Christ is just the head. He is the cornerstone. Singularly, you house God, but accumulated, we manifest God. See how that works? So singularly, you walk in and you have God in you. Anywhere you go, you're never alone. God is always with you. You and God are the majority, right? No matter what circumstance you're facing. But when we come together, we manifest God, right? No? Kind of. Okay. All right. So let's see. Matthew 18, verse 8. Matthew 18, verse 18. We are... Matthew 18, verse 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth on anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. So when you're by yourself, God is in you. When we gather, it's, it's, it's showing us that when we gather, He's there. He's actually present. He manifests. Alright, so whatever you bind on earth, that's a reference to another scripture we're going to read in a second. Um, two agree, it shall be done. When two or more gather, he is manifest. Deuteronomy 32 says, verse 30, says that one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put ten thousand. This is why it's so important to have community. Okay, we're talking about community. Remember that? So, this is why it's so important to have a prophetic community as well. Because one can put a thousand, but two can put ten thousand. So by yourself, you have God. Right? You can put a thousand. One beats a thousand. Easy. Right? Two somehow beats two, ten thousand. So the, the, the idea is when we come together, you're worth more than just by yourself. Because when we come together, who's in the midst? God. Yeah. Alright? We're just painting a picture, trying, trying to paint a picture for community. What it looks like. Why, why we need it. Alright? And then it says in, in, in verse 31, it talks about how... Um, um, 
it talks about how, in kind of contrasting, it says one foot thousand, two foot ten thousand, and then it says, because their rock is not like our rock. Alright, we're built on the rock, but we're not the cornerstone. And so their rock is not like our rock. Our rock, when we are attached to this cornerstone, Christ, and we build a community of living stones, we create a temple for God to manifest. And so then, that power is flowing through us. Alright, because we're attached. Okay. We're looking like we are ready to go home. Matthew 16, verse 13. Now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, Who do men say that I am? And they said to him, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. But still others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to him, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You've already heard that, haven't you? So, um, yeah, just the 19. So basically what, what Jesus is saying, he comes in and he says, all right, who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, and he says, you're Jesus, the Son of the living God. And he changes his name, or Simon says that, and he changes his name to Peter, which means rock, right? Or stone. You are a living stone. Turn to somebody and say, you are a living stone. Okay? You're not supposed to live stone. You are a living stone. Okay? All right. So he turns to Peter and says, look, you, I'm changing your name to rock because you get this. I'm the Christ. I'm the Son of God. You understand. You just attached yourself to the cornerstone. And now I'm going to make you a stone. And I'm going to build my church on these stones. You see what he's saying? No. Okay. Y'all are not answering. Huh? <laughs> you're listening. You're thinking. Is that what you're doing? Are you thinking? Are you at least thinking? Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm just, I'm just up here, just like, question, floor. Okay. So he says, Simon, you, you are going to be named Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I give you the keys. The church has the keys to heaven and earth, and whatever we bound on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Right? The church has the keys. Thank you, Sheila. I know that was you, wouldn't it? Okay. So, you are like Peter. You are a just one stone. Alright? And yes, God is in you, but you're not meant to build, you're not meant to stand alone. You're meant to be attached to the cornerstone and built around into a building to manifest God. Because when you're not alone, you, you don't just do a thousand. Okay? Now, when you get with one other person, you can put 10,000. Your value goes from 1,000 to 5,000 just by teaming up. Okay, this is called synergy. This is what's keeping the church 
from from not I don't mean when I say the church, I think big picture. Okay? I don't think and you're like right, but that's not what I'm thinking about, alright? I'm thinking about as a whole. Alright? We do not synergize and so we all have we have a lot of stones in Tyler. Okay, there's a lot of churches that are just standing. And there's a lot of people that are just stones, but we're not building together and we're not manifesting God. Okay, the enemy, can we agree on this? The enemy has no match for God's power. Okay, why is he still in the game? Why are we not winning on every front? Because we're standing as stones and we're not synergizing. Okay, the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, right, he will raise up a standard. Okay, bad news. The enemy's flood only goes so high. God's standard never ends. Okay? People say all the time, another level, another devil. I don't know, because there's a point where I'm with God and the devil can't touch me. That's just my belief. Because it says that you'll get on wings like eagles. Alright? Eagles fly above the storm. I was reading that scripture one day. I worked in Fort Worth at, in, in the tower in Fort Worth. And I was reading that scripture one day. And I'm like, Lord, why do you keep telling me about eagles? Everything was about eagles. I literally go to my lunch break in an office and look out the window. I'm on the 20th floor and there's an eagle going up like that. And I'm like, hmm, okay, what's going on? And so like, he's going higher and higher and higher and higher. And it's clear. It's a clear day. I'm like, that's the weirdest thing. I just saw an eagle. I've been reading about eagles. And then all of a sudden later, guess what comes? Isn't that great? And, and I went and looked it up. I was like, okay, Lord, this has got to be something. Isaiah, I think it's in Isaiah. Uh, maybe not. But he talks about the eagle. You rise up on eagle's wings. Right? And eagles, I read about it. I didn't know this. But eagles fly above a storm. They don't, they don't get into the storm. They fly above it. But the best part is, eagles, all they do is open their wings like this. And the, the storm actually the winds from the storm actually fuel the eagle's flight and he doesn't even have, he doesn't even he's literally resting in the storm above the storm you were meant to be like eagles and fly above the storm okay i know that the devil is real but i'm not running from him he's running from me all right and every time i come into a situation and and he's there I have authority. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. If I am at a birthday party and I have all the cake, how much cake do you get? How much cake do you get? However much I give you, right? All authority. You have all authority. Alright? And when we come together and we synergize, He can bring a thousand. Okay? He can bring nine thousand. But if we have two people, we still win, right? And I know that those numbers are not definite. Those are figurative numbers, okay? God is infinite. But you see what I'm saying? Alright, that was a rant, but we're the church. We need community. That's my point. We need community. You, you're not going to stand alone and, and win this fight. You're, you can win. God is with you. But together, we can do more. Alright? Okay, you are one stone, a living stone, not to be stone. Right? And Christ is the cornerstone. We recognize that. We are not going to take away from the fact that Jesus 
his glory. When Peter announced, when he put his faith in Christ, he became part of the building. Not by his works. Okay, Peter didn't do anything. Christ gave that to him. Peter wasn't asking for a name change. Peter wasn't saying, Peter hadn't been telling Jesus up to that point. I, I don't think so. Okay, you can ask him when you get there. But I don't think Peter's been going around saying, Lord, wouldn't it be cool if you like, call me Rock? You know, maybe you can change my name, give me a nickname. You guys, guys can start calling me Rock instead of Simon. That'd be super cool. I don't think that's what was happening, okay? God gave him that name. Or Jesus gave him that name. He was God. Okay? Jesus gave him that name because he put his, he recognized who Christ was. So without recognizing Christ, you cannot be a part of the building. But you are a part of the building once you recognize Christ. We have to get that thread. Okay. Um, let's go back to Ephesians. You doing good? Good. Woo! Okay. Ephesians. I'm going to read verses 3 through 6 right now real quick. So, um, Paul's... We had just got through how... Um, He basically said, you know, you're a part of the building and you're being built together into a dwelling place for the Lord and uh, Christ is the cornerstone. And then he says um, that he was, that he was sent to the Gentiles and that he was giving grace to preach, okay? And then he says that by the revelation there was, that, that by revelation there was made known to me Paul's talking about himself. The mystery, as I wrote before, by referring to this, when you can, when you can, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. All right. So this is where he's talking about that mystery of what, what is the mystery of the revelation that Paul has, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of man, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the spirit, okay, to be specific, this is what the, this is it, right here, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Okay, here's the mystery. Somehow, you got included into the gift of Jesus Christ. I know it's very, we've heard it our whole lives, when they were hearing this, Gentiles were, I mean, there was no mixing, there was no matching Gentiles, and then there was God's people, right? God's people, that was it. Jesus only ministered, okay, and I know you can nitpick this statement, but Jesus only ministered to Jews, all right? He ministered to the Samaritan woman, all right, and he, and you know, there was a couple of exceptions, but he was Jews, okay? Jews. So that's why this is a big deal. That's why it was a mystery. Okay, verse C, verse 8. Alright, so he's talking about all that. To me, the very least of all saints was given grace, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. Alright, you're welcome. That's what Paul said. And to bring light to what is the administration of the mystery which for the ages has been hidden from God who created all things. Alright, so this administration, we're going to learn about that in verse, uh, in, um, in uh, the next chapter, I think. Yeah, next chapter. Okay? And so now this is where it gets really good, really good. Turn to say it's about to get really good. Really good. Okay. <laughs> verse 10. So, 
So he says, this was given to me so that I can t- bring light to what is the administration of the mystery of God was hidden in God for who created all things. So that, here's what it's for, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Okay, I love that verse. I love that verse. Alright? So that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Alright, manifold wisdom. Alright? What really what that means, if you go look up those words, it means many different colors of skill. That's what that means. Isn't that weird? Isn't that interesting? Anybody got skills? Alright? Many different colors. So that the many different colors of skills of God. Right? Okay. Are you are a stone. Alright? You're a stone. And you're attached. And you made this house for God. And you come together. This is community. So Many, so that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church, not to the church, through the church. Alright? We are a through vessel. We are not the end all. We're not just telling people to come here. We are shining out there. Okay. Through the church, so you are a precious stone that is made of God's image. When I used to read this before, uh, before actually before this class, uh, before I studied it again for this class, I always thought I'm very basic. I'm a guy. I saw a stone, like a like a boulder, like a rock. That's what I saw, and I was like, yeah, we're rocks, right? We're gritty. We're tough. We're rocks. But I, I started, when I looked into the manifold wisdom of God, and he's talking about the many different colors, I realized he's not talking about stone rock, like rocks. He's talking about like precious stones, like, you know, like rubies and sapphires and these colored stones. You see what I'm saying? You are a precious stone. All right, we're moving still. You carry the, the, the image of God. Do you not? You were made in God's image. You are a precious stone, okay? But you are just one piece of the body. You are one stone in a full body of stones. So when these stones are when these stones are brought together, we manifest the multi-faceted glory of God. When we come together, when my stone is attached to the cornerstone, and yours is on mine, and we're in community, can we manifest God's glory? That's why when, when two of us are gathered, He's there. Okay. So, that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church. I cannot say that enough. Not to the church, but through the church. Okay. Okay. To the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. It's not against people. It's not against the people group. It's not against anything that, that you can see. All right? It's against the principalities and powers in the air, right? Our weapons are not carnal. But for mighty, for pulling down of strongholds. Right? We do not wrestle flesh and blood for principalities and powers in high places. So we're here to, the church is to come together and 
declare to everything, the atmosphere around us, that God is amazing. That's our job. All right? This is what's funny is, I, I had this revelation, that was actually Lucifer's job. Amen? He was, he was, he would go, he would stand before the Lord, and the Lord would shine through him. He was made of gems and stones, and he was instruments, and God would shine through him. Gems and stones, and they would show, they would shine. It's in uh, Ezekiel, I think. If you want to look it up. It talks about um, his being when he was an angel, and he would and he would do that. And basically, what happened was he said, "Well, I'm going to be like God, right. and I'm going to be, I'm going to, you know, everybody's seeing me. Okay, I'm going to take the glory, and I'm I'm beautiful. God made me beautiful, and I'm going to stand here and I'm going to take the glory. And what happened was, God, that was not that was not a good plan. But what did God do? And then God made you." And guess what? If everything that Satan wanted, you got. You know that? He made you. He said, you know what? I'm going to make people. And he, what did Satan say? I'm going to get the glory. And I'm going to have the glory in me. And I'm going to sit in, uh, among the high places. What, where do you sit? In heavenly places. You've been engrafted into Christ now. You sit in heavenly places. And God, Jesus, before he left in John 17, said, The glory that I have, I give to you. You got everything Satan wanted. And he sent you here to beat him up, kick him around, and then he's coming back and he's going to take us all back. Okay. That's good news, people. Man. Woo! I love it. You're a precious stone. Amen. But by yourself, you do not paint the full picture of God. We need community. Amen? Amen. Because the world needs to see, through the church, the beauty of God. Alright? So that's how far we've gone. We're not going super fast today. You know, we're kind of going super slow. It's okay. Okay, you must be in Christ, attached to the stone, and surrounded by other stones, or you won't paint the picture properly. Isn't that amazing? I'm just one stone. I want to do my part and show, to show Christ. All right? We all we need all the stones. Okay? If I was going to build a, a build something out of stones right here, okay, every stone I put in would be holding it together a little better. Okay, because this stone runs on this stone, and this stone runs on this stone. You see how that works? And it holds us together, keeps us together. Right? So that the world can see the glory of God. Colossians, we're going to go back to Colossians and finish reading that passage real quick. Colossians. You still doing good? Amen. I'm just giving it to you straight today. <laughs> Line upon line, precept on precept. So we read about earlier in uh, Colossians 13, 13 through 20, and we talked about how Christ was the firstborn and he was the head of the church and all those things. And now in verse 25, we're going to pick back up. And he says, Paul says, So of this church, what church? The church that Christ started. 
I was made a minister according to the stewardship of God bestowed upon me for your benefit. You're welcome. So that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery, there's that, there's that mystery again, which has been hidden from the past, the ages of generations, but has now been manifest to the saints. That's you guys. To whom God willed to make known what is the riches of this glory of this mystery. Okay. So we're about to figure out, again, what the mystery is. Okay? The mystery. Alright? This mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Alright? That's the mystery that was hidden. How, how in the world is Christ in you and how is that glory in you? We don't know. Did you deserve it? No. No way. You didn't deserve it. That's grace. Thank you, Lord. Right? Thank you, Lord. This is the mystery. Christ in you. Hope of glory. Do you know what glory means? There's multiple, there's multiple meanings for the word glory. But one of the, word, one of the meanings for the word glory is kabod or kabod. And it means weight. You carry weight. Christ in you is the weight that brings the presence of God. It is the weight. It's the, the glory of God is in you. Alright? The weight in you. Each stone carries its weight. Every stone has a purpose. You have a purpose in this body. Okay? I'm trying to tell you. Some of you know that and, have, and have, are pulling some of your weight or pulling most of your weight in the church. But you have a purpose in the church if you're here right now. You have weight. And you have a demonstration. You are a precious jewel that needs to be shined through. And this body needs you. We need you. We need community. We have to have it. Because if we don't have yours, we won't have a full picture. Your revelation of Christ, I need. And I want it. And I want to see it. I want to see the revelation of Christ in you. Okay? Don't hide your glory with false shame. Don't hide your glory because, because you're, you don't want to be arrogant. Okay? God... The Satan was arrogant. Lucifer was arrogant. Okay? God gave you glory. You didn't ask for it. Jesus said, Jesus didn't say, if they want the glory, Lord, give it to them. He said, Lord, all the glory you've given me, I give to them. Did Jesus' prayers get answered? Your prayer, you are an answer to Jesus' prayer on the earth. And in this body, we need you. And we recognize that. We need community, alright? So start, please, please, value yourself enough to get plugged in. Value yourself enough to say, you know what? Not everybody's going to like me, but I'm going to come back. And I'm going to find somebody to connect with. Because then we can together make a more full picture of Christ. To this city. To these people. It's through the church. They need to see us come together. Alright? Okay? You still thinking? Each stone has its weight. 
and when we stack up, we become sturdier. See how that works? Your weight holds me in place, and my weight holds you in place. And we all have a weight to carry here in the church. Together we may manifest the glory of God, that the glory in you, the Christ in you, is needed for me to grow and me to remain in the body, building me up as we build up his whole, whole body. Is that a good word? Ephesians 4. We're almost done. Ephesians 4. This is... I don't know. This is really close to my favorite passage in the Bible. Really close. Okay. Verse 1. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. Alright? Carry your weight. You need your gift. Paul is, Paul is writing to these people. We just read Ephesians 2 and 3. Talking about how the body is and how we're supposed to manifest God. And now he's saying, carry your weight. Do what you're called to do. We need your gift. Alright? Verse 2 and 3. With all humility and gentleness, with patience and patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. Alright? Here's all the things we're going to need to do this. Alright? We're going to need, we've got a grocery list here. Okay? We're going to cook up something good. We need humility, gentleness, patience, tolerance, love, diligence, perseverance, unity, and peace. That's what we need. It's going to take some effort to do this. That's the thing about churches. We, we just go to one until they do something we don't like. And we don't show diligence. We don't show humility. We don't show gentleness as in, as in uh, not in this church, not, not here. Example, as an elder, you come up to a young person and tell them they can't wear that to church. That is not gentleness, right? Okay? That is not long-suffering. It's going to take these things. It's going to take unity. Okay? We've got to come together. It's going to take tolerance. I've got to be able How many of you know some people, any, probably in this room or in this church, that you have to tolerate? Like, you don't, you don't want them to... You don't want them to sit next to you, but you just tolerate them. Okay? That's expected. That he understands that that's going to happen. There's people, but you do have to at least tolerate. Alright? So I'm just reading the Bible. Okay? With gentleness and tolerance and perseverance. Perseverance. You're going to have to persevere through some things together. We're going to have to come together and persevere. Alright? Because we could get through it, remember? Anytime the enemy comes up in front of you, you don't lose, alright? What do you have to do? You just have to persevere. Those who stay until the end, what? Shall be saved. We may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. It will come. Your time will come. You will have breakthrough. And But sometimes, if you're standing alone, you won't know that. If you're outside of a prophetic community where I can't say, well, we're not in community and I can't say, you know what? I hear God saying that you're going to make it through and that joy is coming in the morning. And if you'll just stick it out and I'm going to pray with you, I'm going to persevere with you. This is what it takes. 
and it takes diligence. We say it all the time when we're going to pray for people. It takes diligence to pray for that person. Okay? This is what it's going to take to build community. I'm trying, trying to show you what it takes. And then prophetic community on top of that. Because prophetic, what do prophetic people do? They don't, they don't look at you based on your circumstance. They look at you based on what God says about you. So when you come in here defeated, which you will do, who has, who has been defeated in the last month? Who has felt defeated? Felt defeated. You're never defeated. Okay? We're all victorious. We're more than conquerors. Okay? But when you walk in here and you feel defeated, okay, I can look at you and say, no, no, no. God is for you. Who can be against you? And it's not that nobody will be against you. It just doesn't matter who it is. Okay. You're still doing good, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is a good word, man. This is strong. This is what I believe in. This is why I'm here. Woo! Okay, verse uh, 6. We're going to skip down to verse 6. Basically, after that, he just talks about how there are one spirit, one body, and all those things. Because he's preaching to people that had multiple gods. And they would come in and they say, oh, there's this God and this God, and I serve this God. And he's saying, no, no, no. All those gifts, all those spirits that you're seeing are actually one, 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 one God. So then he says in verse 6, uh, one God and Father of all, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Alright? He is over us. He's, he's moving through us. Alright? You are a vessel, but he doesn't just move through you. He stops and resides in you. All these things. He is all these things. He's over us, through us, and in us. The manifold. There's many folds to how God moves. Right? And he's over you, through you, and in you. Verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Alright, so each one of us was given a measure. You know what he's talking about? Back then, when you would trade and you, you do these things and you sell, you, they would, you would basically you would measure on a, on a scale, right? So he's actually talking about weight. He's talking about on a scale. To the measure, here's this much. All right, so I've got, um, I've got Steve right here, and he's got this much of this gift. And I've got Renee, and she's going to balance them out on this side with this gift. And I'm going to have uh, Rob Cox praying uh, with this gift over here. And we're going to balance out. Each one is given a measure, a gift from God. And your gift, as I'm talking about, matters. Right? Is that good? I'm just going to keep asking you. Because you don't answer. If you answer, I would have stopped. You're king. So, whatever gift you may bring, um, it keeps us in balance. It keeps the body in balance. We need your gift. Okay? Here's where we separate. Here's where we miss it. Okay? The thing that you don't agree with the most is probably the gift you're meant to bring. Okay? The place where you see the scale is going like this is because you're standing out there pointing at the scale. You don't have to believe me. It's just the way it is, okay? You can go to another church, but you're really supposed to be on the scale, and we want you here on the scale, okay? We want you to be on the scale. We don't want... We know that the scale is off. We know we're not perfect, but that's why we need you, all right? 
show whatever your gift is, whether it's outreach, worship, preaching, building, it doesn't matter. Giving. Um, there's multiple gifts. There's there's infinite gifts. Okay, whatever expression you have, that's a gift. That's a gift from God. You did not formulate that yourself. God gave you that. The gifts will never be taken away. Okay, so you might as well use it. So we want to see your gift. Okay, in whatever place you see, this is just a new way to look at it. Okay, if you don't like the way the camera's being run, if you don't like the slides moving a second too late every time, all right, maybe jump on the scale. You don't have to do it. Maybe just train to do it. You know, or with gentleness uh, and perseverance, say something. Right? Speaking the truth in love. Okay, everybody likes to speak the truth. You guys speak the truth in love, so we can build the community. All right, verse number eleven. We're good with the measure. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, some as teachers. This is considered the fivefold ministry. This is this is what he's talking about. He said the foundation, okay, built on these apostles and prophets, and then he said um, that the administration of the church. Okay, this is like the God's way of administrating the church. He gave them apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and you don't need just one. You need all five. Okay, we need apostles. I wish I could teach. I, I've already put in my bid with Corey to teach on the fivefold ministry. And we're not going to do it next time. We're going to do it the time after that. And so, we'll have to wait. But, so I wanted to kind of talk about it today. But, um, but yeah, the fivefold ministry, that is God's way of administrating the church to equip the same. Okay, I'm, I'm telling you the scriptures we're about to read. All right. So, uh, verse 11, that's the administration. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building of the body of Christ. All right, so the point of the fivefold ministry, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, which you need all of, not just one. We kind of missed that a little bit. We got a prophet over here, an evangelist over there, and a teacher, you know, that maybe he submitted to an apostle or a pastor or something like that. You know, teachers. Are, are everywhere, which is great. We need lots of teachers, all right, because we got lots of people to teach. Um, but you see what I'm saying? We kind of spread out. We need them all and in order to show. This is in the same context of showing what we've been talking about, the building of the stones, all right? And so we need all those for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, all right? So these stones come up. Da -da 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 -da. Here come the stones. You're a precious stone. You're a sapphire. You're a ruby, whatever you are. Okay, you bring your gift, and the fivefold, the foundation that it stands on, is equipping you to get into the building, and they're, they're saying, hey, this is a good way. They're, they're shining the stone, so to say, and they're equipping you to shine. Okay, so it's really about you. We are here for you. You are not here for us. We are here for you. All right? We need you because you're part of the body. But, you see what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't need each other. I'm just saying, as a point of stance, we stand here and do what we do. I'm only here, okay, for your benefit. I promise. I promise. There's a lot of things I could be doing that would make me a lot cooler than this. Alright? I could 
be super cool, where I could be somewhere and yeah, do a lot of things. But I'm here because I, I'm here for you. All right, that's why we do it. That's why we're here. And uh, the reason I have attached myself to this body is because our leaders, our pastors here, understand that. Not everybody understands that. Okay? Not all churches understand that. Nothing against them. We're going to keep praying for them. They're a part of the body. They are a stone. Okay? But we are here for them. Alright? Christ in you, the hope of glory. we got to hurry. Okay. Saints, verse 13 and 14. Here's the results of being together. So it's for the equipping of the saints of work to serve building up the body of Christ until we attain unity of faith, knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, the measure of stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. All right, so we need to fully show Christ. All right, that's why we need everybody. And that's why it's going to take tolerance because some people are just no fun. And as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceit, his deceitful scheming. Anybody seen different doctrines going around? You know, you've seen these crazy things and there's been moves of the church that have kind of flowed with these things. And um, one thing remained the same, okay? Christ is always at the center. He always comes out on top. Okay? Anybody can come out. Okay? The big thing not too long ago was there's no hell. Right? Everybody's preaching how there's no hell. Every, you know, universalism and all those things and everybody's going to heaven. Okay? It's just a doctrine. It's going to go here and it's going to toss some people and it's going to go here and it's going to toss some people. But Christ will always remain. And His church will always be victorious. Alright? But until we come together and we have the apostles and prophets and we have community and we have all these things, that, that's going to be in order until we've reached the fullness of Christ. Alright? Verse 15, this is where we're really going to tie it in. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So speaking the truth in love. Okay, what are we talking about? Community, but now we're going to talk about prophetic community. Okay, speaking the truth in love. What is prophecy? Speaking the truth in love. What is prophecy? Pro okay, speaking the truth. Okay. I am prophesying the truth, which is what God says. I am prophesying what you were created to be in love, in God. Who is love? God is love, right? Sure. So I am prophesying who you were created to be in God. That is community. That's how we're going to make it. Okay, Because not everybody's ready to be a stone. Not everybody's strong right now. Not everybody's, nobody has reached the fullness of Christ. Okay, but when we come together and we build each other up with diligence, on suffering, perseverance, all these things, and we speak the truth in love, when, when they come in and you can prophesy and you can be prophetic and you can speak to who God says they are, we can build each other up. That's the only way this is going to happen. Speaking the truth in love so that we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, Christ. 
you, me, the world, nobody is there yet. But as we, but the way we grow in Christ is through prophetic community. We build people up. This is what prophecy is. Prophecy is exhortation, edification, and consolation. Okay, what that means is, okay, if that threw you off, just throw that out and listen to this. Okay, prophecy is for building up, drawing near, and encouraging. That's what those words mean. If you look them up, that's what they mean. Building up, okay, building up, drawing close, okay, so the ones that are not stones in the house yet, drawing them near, and encouraging. You know what? You can do this, all right? You are a stone. This is what community looks like. This is what prophetic community looks like. We have to value ourselves. We have to value each other, okay, so that we can show the glory of God. People need community, especially prophetic people, okay? Way too many prophetic people out on their own being weird, okay? It happens, okay? It's just kind of in the nature of prophetic people to be mavericks. I don't know what it is. It's kind of like, I can tell you what it is. They don't want anybody to tell them that you can't say that. That's what they want. They, they, want, they want to be able to say what they, they hear God, and as soon as you say that's wrong, they say, well, you're just persecuting the prophet. It's true. It's what happens. All right? They don't want community because there's, they, they don't, they, and we're going to get to why they don't want community here in a second. Because we've mishandled, plenty of times, the church has mishandled people. Okay? That's not condemning the church. It's just what's happened. All right? But as soon as we learn to value people and not their gift, we can, we can, we can create a, a good community where people are sustained. We're going to get there. Okay, so especially prophetic people. We must never try to do through prophecy what we do, what we should be doing through discipleship. Okay? You should not be trying to prophesy somebody's, somebody in purity, okay? You know, yes, prophesy purity. But that's not what it's going to take. It's going to take discipleship. Okay? Prophetic community is not an excuse to just come in and say something. It's... it's it's because I have value for you, because we're in community. When you speak that, I believe it. And now, with diligence and perseverance, we're going to see it come through. It's a good word. Gone are the days when one man or woman mavericks their way through the kingdom. You can have success, but you will never reach the full stature, the mature man that belongs to the fullness of Christ. If we are going to see a city brought into the kingdom, we must live in prophetic community together where we can call you up or call you down or whatever needs to happen where we can, where I don't compare you to another stone but I accept your slot in the house and put your weight on me and I put my weight on you. Yeah, that's, that's what it's going to take. That's prophetic community. All right? Last part. We're almost done. Here's, okay, I just said that's what it's going to take. This is what it's going to take. It's going to take risk. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of risk. Okay? And what you're scared of in risk is punishment. Okay? If I value you and not your gift, okay, we are meant to, in a prophetic community, we're meant to judge prophecy, not judge the prophet. So you can come in and give a word, and that can be wrong, and I still love it. And we don't need to separate. Because it's okay. 
if you're wrong. Because it's going to take risk to do these things. There's going to be a great risk, all right? In order to have great victories, you have to have the chance of great defeat. Or else you're, you know, there's, no, there's nothing there. All right? There's risk involved. It's going to take risk. You can be of the right spirit and have the wrong word. And you can have the right word and be of the wrong spirit. That's why there's psychics that, that, that get the word right. They get the word right. They're of the wrong spirit. They have the right word. How is that possible? Because the gifts of God are irrevocable. The, the prophetic gift is irrevocable. He will never take that away. But it's of the wrong spirit. Alright? Those people, there's an example in the Bible. There's the, the people who are following Paul and they're screaming out, These are men of God, these are men of God. And Paul it says Paul was greatly annoyed. And he turned around and he cast a demon out of them. They were saying that Paul was a great man of God. But it was of the wrong spirit. They had the right word, wrong spirit. Okay, so now we know when somebody gives a wrong word, it doesn't mean that they're of the wrong spirit. It doesn't mean they're of the right spirit. It just means they have a bad word. So we have to realize this because it's going to take a risk. We're going to have to accept people's failures. All right? There's going to be victories. There's going to be failures in the community. That's why we need perseverance. All right? Failure. It's going to take failure. That's the second one. In order to have great victories, we have to be willing to face great defeat. Prophetic cultures are built on who someone is, not who they do. Or not what they do. You know, not what they do. Prophetic cultures are built on who someone is, not what they do. When we fail, we celebrate the person. Okay? We're always celebrating in the kingdom. We celebrate the person. Okay? When they succeed, we celebrate the person and their success. Right? We're, we're always celebrating the person because it's going to take risk, it's going to take failure. It's going to happen. Right? Everybody say this with me. I am going to fail. Now look at the person next to you and say, you are going to fail. But I love you. And I accept you. Alright. Because we're in community. Alright. It's going to happen. It's just going to happen. I mean, have you ever missed it, Sam? He's missed it a few times. Even Sam has missed it a few times. And he's like almost perfect. Alright. All right. When people fail, we celebrate the person and then we call them to restoration and victory. We don't leave them there. We call them to restoration. We call them to victory. That's why you need another prof a prophetic community. When they succeed, we celebrate the person and we celebrate their victory. This is amazing. This is a testimony. And you're the king. And the last thing it's going to take is it's going to take love. You've got to be rooted in love. Okay, we talked about it last time a little bit. Okay, rooted in love means it starts from a place of love. Okay, like I said last time, it's not covered in love, it's not standing on love, it's rooted in love. So it starts from love. Alright, anything else, if, if, if basically what happens is if, if you bring a word to somebody, and you, like say you know this person needs correction because what they're doing bothers you, okay? 
when you start from that place, when you're trying to punish them, not punish them, but when you're trying to force them in through anything other than love, it's not rooted in love, it's rooted in you. And so you come to them and you say, well, this and this and this, and, and, and you may be right, okay? But is it the point to be right, or is the point to love? Alright, so that's what it's going to take. It's going to take it being rooted in love. If I prophesy because I love you, then I can call the barren place, the low place in you, up for the sake of your benefit, not mine. Now it's for your benefit. If, I, if I'm telling you something for my benefit, it's not rooted in love. If I care about you, when we tell... I'm going to say it. When, when we talk about tithing, it's for your benefit. It's because I've, I'm telling you it's for your benefit. I, I promise you it's for your benefit. I have been in the meeting where Sam is saying, we want this because it's going to benefit them. That's all he cares about. I'm telling you that's all he cares about. He does not want your money. Right? We do not want your money. We want you to be blessed. So this is for your benefit. It's got to be rooted in love. That's just one area where we see that come out. Um, that's just one area. All right, so what we're going to do in this last seven minutes is we're going to do an exercise. Yeah? Amen. Amen. We're going to do an exercise. We're going to get in groups of three. Okay? This is a class, and this is the lab class. We're going to get groups of three, and we're going to do this. Okay? We're going to attempt to do prophetic ministry together. Now, here's the beautiful part of it. It's, here's, I was going to have candy. I didn't, I didn't get any candy. All right? I was going to give everybody a piece of candy. So just imagine you have a piece of candy. Okay? And I was going to have everybody a piece, piece of candy. And you've got to prophesy to one person at least in your group. And when that person prophesies to you, you say, that's amazing. And you give them the candy. Here's your prize. So that we're rewarding and we're valuing not the word, the person. All right? So just imagine that's what's happening. All right? And you can imagine a $20 bill. Okay. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna get in groups of three. You have to give somebody a word of prophecy. It doesn't have. Not everybody has to get one. Okay. One person might get two. That's just the Lord speaking. Okay. When I say word of prophecy, calm down, because this is all it is. Right? It can be a word of knowledge, which means something that's already true. Okay. That the Lord tells you, not just that you know. And that's not prophecy. Okay. That's just having a conversation. Right. So something that's already happening is a word of knowledge. Something that hasn't happened in the future, that's prophecy, okay? Um, but it, and, and the, it just has to be prophetic. That's what we say. It doesn't have to be prophecy, okay? It can be encouragement. It can be building up or drawing the air to God. It can be a compliment. It can be a picture in your mind. Anything that God brings to you, okay, in that moment for that person, give it to them, and then whenever they give it to you, even if it's way off, okay, this happens. Right? People will give you words and you're like, no. That's, you missed that one, okay? Like, this was a big thing, and I gotta hurry. But there's a big, there's a big thing, you know, the fatherless generation, the, the, that, that was like my generation, that's what we were called. And so, you know, many prophetic words, well, your father did this, and, and this and that, and, and I'm like, no, my dad did pretty good. So, 
sorry, you know, that's, okay, but even if it's wrong, we value the person. So then celebrate the person be like, man, that was great, that was a good word, okay? That's just all, this is what you gotta do, all right? Say, okay. Okay, Mr. Martin. You didn't want to say it. Okay, I'm just messing. All right, let's get in groups of three. Hurry, hurry, hurry. You're gonna have to stand up. Everybody stand up. Groups of three. And we're gonna spend 30 seconds in prayer. And, and guys, listen. This is not this is not the prophetic ministry that's gonna guide your life and change your life and all these things. Okay. All right, hang on, just real quick. Before we start, everybody look up here. Everybody look up here. Everybody look up here. The point of this exercise is to practice the risk. I understand that the words may be off or this or that. That's not the point. Okay, we're not trying to get a word for the next 10 years of your life. Okay, if it comes to you, give it. But the point of this exercise is to just start practicing. And then we can do it anytime we're together. Anytime I'm with you, I can receive for you and, and all these things. All right, so let's pray for 30 seconds. Give it to group. Tell them your name real quick. Hello, Debbie. Laura. Not anything else. Dorothy. Debbie. Adams. We're going to hear the guitar. Ah. I'm starting my name. <laughs> All right, here we go. Tell them the name. Everybody got the name. All right, here we're going to do. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray, and you listen to the Holy Spirit. You listen to the Holy Spirit, and you're going to get a word from one of the people in your group. Now, you may get more than that, but you just got to get at least one. And like I said, it's just got to be one of those things. I know that some of you are like, okay, come on. But then some of you are like, I'm terrified. So that's why I'm saying this. All right? You might be terrified. It just has to be encouragement. It just, it's prophetic. It's not a prophecy. It's prophetic. Okay? All right. We're going to practice the community. Here we go. We're going to pray. All right, I'm going to say a prayer and then I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. So, Father, I thank you right now that these people are prophetic and that this is a community where we can build and grow and know the cornerstone of Christ, God, and that we can show forth the manifest and manifest the manifold wisdom of God. And God, I thank you for every gift in this body. And right now, God, I, I submit myself to these gifts. I submit myself to these stones. I thank you for their weight in my life. And Lord, I pray that every single person in here would have a connection with this body that is deeper than ever, God, that they would have perseverance and diligence and patience and love and unity and peace, God, and we speak that over them right now, God, I submit my gift to them, and I say, you can come and draw from the deep well within me, you can come and drink of living water, because I have found it, and so, Father, I speak that over them, and I ask that in Jesus' name, you would ex expound on these gifts, that you would bring good gifts to these people, and that they would receive them, knowing that they're worthy. No longer will we run from the gift of God, but instead we will turn and receive it and shine forth like we were created to do. The enemy can no longer shame us out of our job that he wanted. We're taking our stand, and we're shining for Jesus. And so I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord, Lord, I receive your gifts. I receive your gifts. And I ask. And I ask for prophetic insight to my name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're going to take about ten seconds. Just for this